We meet today in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19 to verse 24. Quite a very short passage, yet it is important because it concludes this wonderful book of the book of Ephesians, Paul's letter to the church at Ephesians. In this section, we are talking about the soldier's example. And by the way, Paul was a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now, undiscouraged and undefeated, Paul wrote powerful letters of encouragement from prison. So Ephesians is one of the letters. But you can see that Paul was undiscouraged and he was undefeated. That makes him an example of a soldier of Jesus Christ. Paul did not ask the Ephesians to pray that his chains would be removed. Rather, he actually asked them that he would continue to speak boldly for Christ in spite of his chains, in spite of his imprisonment. You see, my friend, God can use us in any circumstances to do his will. We must learn from the Apostle Paul. Even as we pray for change in some of our circumstances, we should also pray that God would accomplish his plans through us right where we are. When Paul wrote even to the Philippians, he told them that I want you to know that what happened to me has not actually curtailed the advancing of the gospel. Rather, it has aided the gospel to go to the ends of the world. You see, my friend, Knowing God's eternal purpose for our lives helps us through the difficult times. We don't just think, oh, I'm going through difficult times, therefore hard for me. No, God will not waste our tribulations. He will make us pass through difficulties. And all of them, the purpose of God, will be accomplished. So find out what God's purpose for your life is, even through your difficulties. That is, turning your obstacles into opportunities, or as some have said, turning your lemons into lemonade. You see, Paul seeks their prayers in his behalf that he may boldly or plainly make known the gospel, and so that he may speak it boldly as he ought to, and he preached it so. Now, here is Paul's example for us from his own personal experience. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19 to verse 20. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Again, Paul identifies himself as an ambassador of Christ, but an ambassador who is in chains. Generally, we know ambassadors who are free. In fact, ambassadors usually enjoy diplomatic immunity, and they will not be sued or apprehended unnecessarily. Here is Paul, an ambassador of Christ, yet he says, I am an ambassador in chains. But he begins this whole section, as for me, you see, Paul now asks for prayer on behalf of himself. As he comes to the conclusion of this epistle, he moves into the area of the personal. He was a prisoner in Rome, and he suffered from a thorn in his flesh. 
yet he does not ask for the prayer that these physical handicaps be removed, but that he might proclaim courageously the mystery of the gospel. What an interesting observation here. To see that although Paul had the thorn in his own flesh, it would have been natural for him to say to the Ephesian brothers, Please pray that the illness in my body would be removed. Please pray that I would come out of the chains. No, he said, even in my circumstances, pray that I will speak courageously the mysteries of the gospel. That's what he wants to make known, to make known the mystery of the gospel. The gospel is a mystery, you see, that was not revealed in the Old Testament as it is now. The New Testament reveals that Christ died for all sins. He was buried, he rose again on the third day triumphantly, securing your salvation and mine. This is the gospel and the message Paul was preaching. The divine meaning of the gospel in its universal application to all races on equal terms and conditions is the mystery of the gospel. Paul had a message from God and he desired the means to deliver that message. It was an important message to be ignored. It is as if Paul is saying, compared to the things that are more important, my imprisonment is not important. My healing is not important. What matters is the giving out of the word of God. E, my friend, when you are captured by the purpose and the will of God in the manner that Paul had been captured, then indeed God will be glorified. If men and women would see God's purpose for their lives like Paul did, this world would be a different place. He says, I am an ambassador in chains. Paul had just written about the spiritual warfare, and now we see that he was experiencing the onslaught of the enemy at the very moment that he was writing. The things that he is talking about fighting or putting on the whole armor of God and engaging in the spiritual warfare, he is not telling them to do the things that he is not familiar with. In fact, he is in the middle of it. He is in the thickest of the battle. And he saw he can speak to them and say, follow my example, be soldiers for Christ. What kind of a soldier for Christ are you, my friend? And he wants to speak boldly. He asks for prayer that he may speak the gospel with boldness. We need that same prayer, my friend. We need a boldness to declare the word of God, especially when your body is inflicted with pain or you have certain disadvantages coming to you. There is a tendency to look down on yourself. Suppose you do not have enough food. Suppose you do not have a healthy-looking body. It may be an inhibiting factor to approach people and boldly declare the mysteries of God. But Paul says, that is my prayer request. I need to be able to preach the gospel. I needed to be able to share Jesus Christ boldly, even though I am in chains, even though I have weaknesses in my body, the so-called thorn in his flesh. He wants to speak boldly. Oh, I pray that some saints will be able to take that attitude. I also pray that even for my very self, should I lie even in bed, 
I need to be able to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, turning people's attention more to Jesus Christ than to my weaknesses or my frail body. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 21 and 22. But that you also may know my affairs and how I am doing. Tichkas, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will make all things known to you, whom I have sent to you for this very purpose, that you may know our affairs and that he may comfort your hearts. Now, Tichkas appears on five occasions in the New Testament, and in each this man serves as a messenger or a representative of Paul. He is first mentioned as a delegate from his church in Asia Minor. He is bearing its offering, uh, accompanied by Paul and others, and that record is found in Acts chapter 20, verse 4. He comes there to the impoverished Jews of Jerusalem, and he brings a gift Romans chapter 15 verse 26, 2 Corinthians 8 verse 19 talks about this generous gift that is given to the poor brothers in Jerusalem who were actually Jews. Titus may have been one to the Lord actually or at least made contact with Paul during the apostles' three-year mission in Ephesus. At the end of that third missionary journey of Paul, Titus traveled with him to Jerusalem. He remained with Paul after his imprisonment. When Paul wrote his letters to the Ephesians and to Colossians, Titus carried them back to his native Asia Minor. And that is what verse 21 talks about. Uh, Colossians chapter 4 verse 7 talks about it again. More importantly, Paul sent Titus first to relieve Titus in overseeing the churches on the island of Crete. That is what we find in Titus 3 verse 12. And later on to replace Timothy at Ephesus, 2 Timothy 4 uh, verse 12. He was to do that in order that Timothy might minister to Paul during his second Roman imprisonment, talked about in 2 Timothy 4 verse 9 and verse 21. So you see, Tychicus not only carried the epistle to the Ephesian believers, but he also gave a personal account of the conditions and the prospects for the Apostle Paul. Tychicus, the pastor of the Ephesian church, is an example of the many faithful servants of Christ in the early church. The Apostle Paul had great confidence in him, and you can see that even in his relationship with him, he had great confidence. It's actually important to consider the words that he said about him once again. He says, But that you also may know my affairs and how I am doing, Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will make all things known to you. Listen to that description. He is a faithful minister in the Lord. And because he is faithful, he would also come and comfort your hearts, he says. Titus would allay any fears and anxieties the Ephesians might have had about the condition of the Apostle Paul. 
the brotherly love exhibited in the early church is the undertone of all of Paul's epistles. And it is good to actually feel that tone. Paul had a real concern for the brethren. Now, we move to the benediction of the epistle to the Ephesians. Actually, General Douglas MacArthur said that old soldiers do not die. They just fade away. Now, listen to Paul's farewell as he fades away as a great general. Ephesians 6, verse 23 and 24. Peace to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. You see, Paul's own sworn song is found in Second Timothy 4, verse 6 to verse 8. He said, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, with which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. You see, Paul here reflected what a good soldier of Jesus Christ should be and what rewards awaited him. You see, a good soldier must fight a good fight. A good soldier must finish the rest, must keep the faith. And when you have done so, there are rewards that are waiting. And for Paul, he recognized the crown of righteousness was awaiting him. He would appear before the righteous judge who will give him his crown. But he also admits that he is not the only one who will receive the crown, but all who have loved Jesus and have waited for his appearing. Isn't that amazing? Actually, Paul closes again with a twofold benediction. Most of the great words of the gospel are contained in it. Peace, love, faith, grace. Hope is absent for the believer in the heavenly places where all is actually realized. So when you see here, Paul does not mention hope because the believer is actually seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Isn't that interesting? Peace now was the form of greeting of the Jewish world. A sinner must know the grace of God before he can experience the peace of God. This is the peace of God which passes all understanding. Love in verse 23 means love for the other believers. This is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is spoken about in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And then love in verse 24 is of the believer for the Lord Jesus Christ. And this love is in sincerity. Faith means faith in Christ. And this faith produces active love. All these flow from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
But let me say that grace is the key word of the whole epistle. It opened the epistle in Ephesians 1 verse 2. And it is the subject of the whole epistle. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 7 and verse 8. Now it concludes the epistle. It is a fitting word because it is God's grace which saved us and which sustains us today. It is his grace. What a wonderful epistle we have been looking at. Now here is also a fitting conclusion of this epistle from the Life Application Bible. It says, This letter was written to the church at Ephesus, but it was also meant for circulation among other churches. In this epistle, Paul presents the supremacy of Christ. He gives information on both the nature of the church and on how church members should live and stresses the unity of all believers, male, female, parent, child, master, slave, regardless of sex, nationality, or social rank. The home and the church are difficult places to live the Christian life because our real self comes through those who know us well. Close relationships between imperfect people can lead to trouble or to increase the faith and dependency upon God. We can build unity in our churches through willing submission to Christ's leadership and humble service to one another. End of the quote. Isn't that amazing? I must also add to say, then how we are to fight the battle comes as the masterpiece of the last chapter of Ephesians. Then Paul closes this letter to the Ephesians believers and those from the surrounding churches by sending them his heartfelt greetings from Rome and the believers there. The point is that the Roman Christians and the Ephesian believers were brothers and sisters because of their unity in Christ. Christians today are also joined to others across cultural, economic, and social barriers. All believers belong to one family in Christ. The enemy comes to disturb that unity of the family in Christ. How are you fighting to maintain the unity? Remember, we were even admonished early on, maintain the unity of the spirit through the bond of love. We are one in Christ Jesus. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please write to the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park 1620, South Africa. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me give you that address again. It's the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa.